Hey, Cam. Yes, Alex. I know you kind of live somewhere in the middle of the state in North Carolina. Do you have any, like, rivers or lakes near you? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the Cape Fear River is actually not too far from my house. You know, that stretches all the way down to the coast. Uh, we also have uh, the Hall River and Deep River not too far away that, you know, feed into the Cape Fear. And then uh, Jordan Lake and uh, Sharon Harris Lake aren't too far also. Nice. Yeah, nice. Yeah, some, some big bodies of water around here. What about you? Yeah, we got we we got the the Chattahoochee, the the famous Brown River that runs through North Atlanta around here. But one one of my favorite things to do is to to get out there and just just go float around in a kayak or a canoe. Um, just it it kind of sucks during those few months of the year where it's kind of cold. Um, right. But but you know, like you can't. You can't bring a heater or light a fire on a canoe, obviously. Um, you can't have your kayak and heat it, too. I hate you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Chatting Average Podcast with your hosts, Riley's Rakes and the Big Chop Man. Welcome to your friendly neighborhood Atlanta Braves podcast. Welcome to Chatting Average. I'm your host, Alex, joined as always by my partner in crime, Mr. Cam Matthews. How are you doing today, Cam? What? Shaking, bacon. Not too much. It has been a fantastic week in Braves country. The Braves are starting to win games again. But first, what are you drinking this morning, Cam? Uh, this morning, I am drinking a cup of coffee because I'm still suffering from the week that we just got through. Swig of coffee for the working man. Yes, as am I. Cup of Joe for yeah. the guy who's got the day off. What, what, hey. What's the other day? Hey, how about that? Uh, well, you know, that, that works, too. That works, too. Everybody deserves a break now and then. Yeah, yeah. So how's your week been going? Uh, not too bad, not too bad. Uh, busy week, busy week. Uh, you know, missed the show last week for some family stuff with my wife, but, you know, got through that and uh, managed to still have a pretty decent week. But not as good of a Friday night as you may have have, Alex. Ooh, boy. boy. Seems like uh, you had quite the time I, at Park. I had a good old time. Um, uh, Do tell. Uh, first of all, um... I I can't think of the right words to use to describe how special of a feeling it was to be back at a ballpark with fans watching our Atlanta Braves play. It was it was incredibly special. Uh, nice. I, like I have never sung "Take Me Out to the Ball Game" as loud in my entire life as I did on Friday night. I like it. I, I was, God, it was just, it was, it was just like this cathartic release of this pent up energy from the craziness of the last year and a half to finally get out there and, and see it. And I mean, uh, on top of the fact that it's just been so long since we've all been able to go to a baseball game, like it was a really cool one to go to because they did a great tribute to uh, to to Hank Aaron and Phil Necro before the game started. They had the big 44 uh, out in the outfield. 
Um, and it, it, it was amazing. It was so great. Um, Saturday, not as great for me because <laughs> I had a, bit, yeah. had a bit too much fun on Friday night. Um, yeah. I, I forget if we've talked about this on the show already or not, but they opened up this place called Fat Tuesdays at the Battery. Uh-oh. This place, uh, what they do is they sell these these pre-mixed frozen drinks, which is not typically something I go for, but um, uh, it, it's dangerous, guys. It, it is very dangerous. They are uh, incredibly strong, um, and on some of them, they just throw extra, like, vodka right on top of the drink. Um, so, God bless them. So started the night with one of those, um, and boy, did that end up catching up to me after a few beers in the ballpark. Um, yeah, Saturday was a was a tough day. I, uh, I I I cannot hang with the kids like I used to, man. <laughs> well, to be fair, I mean, when you were in your heyday hanging with the kids, you kind of had to, you know, go to these back alley bars because prohibition was going on and alcohol was outlawed. <laughs> man when you when you messaged me um yesterday morning you just i could just tell from the way you were texting me that you were just on the verge of death it, it was really bad oh like you God. were you were knocking on death's door <laughs> from your friday night escapades and and i i i gotta give a shout out to a friend of the show Giuseppe. Um, he, uh, he texted me on, or DM'd me on, on Saturday and, uh, asked me if I was going to the game Saturday night. And I explained to a man, like, I, I'm, well, one, I'm working, so I couldn't go anyway. Um, but, uh, two, I, I had a little too much fun at the game on Friday night. And he was, he was actually going to send me some money to buy myself a beer at the ballpark. So, uh, so big thanks to, to Giuseppe for that. Um, man. but, but at the same time, uh, beer was the last thing. Uh, I wanted to be thinking about on <laughs> Saturday. Well, hey, Joe, if you're just sending out money for folks to buy beer, uh, send me a few bucks so I can go buy beer at the grocery store. Because <laughs> I, I, I won't complain about a little beer money getting slung my way. <laughs> but hey, I mean, you got you got to see an awesome just beat down on yes. Friday night. Oh my, which it was, was like it was it was such a perfect game like from beginning to end like right freddie hits a home run and and ronnie hits one to mars and then adrianza comes in and hits a home run and charlie morton's on the mound for the first time in forever in atlanta and 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 just pitches a gem uh it was uh, like ronnie makes the incredible catch in right field to to save some runs late from the phillies and and, oh god such an awesome game beginning to end so that that home run from Ronnie, I had to watch the clip like three or four times because I could not see where that ball landed at. Like, which it was it was weird because like the camera was almost kind of focused on Chattahoochee Falls and not and the ball landed toward to the right in those seats. Which yeah, I've I've sat out in that section before, and my goodness, is that a long way away from home plate? It is. Uh, so I mean, yeah, he he demolished that ball. That was awesome. Oh, but hey, just beautiful. I too got to watch a beatdown of epic proportions on Friday night. What on earth are you referring to? 
I watched Godzilla versus Kong Friday night. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> Let me tell you. All right. I have I have not seen it. Please uh please tell me all about it. Okay, okay. I, I'm I'm gonna avoid any spoilers. I'm sure folks out there still haven't watched it yet. Um I have a 13-year-old nephew, so this movie is right up his wheelhouse. And for weeks now, he is wanting all of us to get together and have a movie night and watch this over at my dad's house. Okay? Dude, this movie is the perfect amount of stupid action fun. It is great. (laughs) Like, it is a blast from beginning to end. It is exactly what you want out of a movie called Godzilla vs. Kong. It is fantastic. Everybody should go out of their way to see this. So, I, I like I said, I haven't seen it. Uh, but the the thing that immediately comes to mind as as a potential parallel uh, that I remember back from my high school days is so so me and all my friends like we there were a couple of theaters in in Chattanooga where I grew up that that charged like two dollars and fifty cents for second run movies. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, I, I remember those. We we used to have a theater like that. So so we would go, and we just we'd pull the quarters out of the center console in our car and go find like the movie that looked the worst and go see it. <laughs> um. So so one day we went and we saw Freddy versus Jason. Oh, that movie's so bad. <laughs> it was. <laughs> yeah, but it was like the right kind of terrible. That was the kind of movie we were looking for at that theater. Yeah, and it was yeah. Like we we weren't upset because we weren't paying like twelve, fifteen bucks for a movie ticket. It was literally just quarters out of the car to get in, and and, <laughs> and we were in the theater just laughing at it the entire time. Yeah, no, I like this is actually a good movie. Like it's not. I'm not going to say that, like, it's one of those movies where it's so bad it's good or, or whatever like that. And there's some, like, genuinely funny moments in it. It was great. It was great. So, yeah, I, di- I didn't see very much at all of the Braves game Friday night. And I didn't see a single second of the game last night. So our game reviews this week are going to be a lot of fun. But <laughs> I, I got you covered there because I have been able to watch two uh, or both of them. I, uh, I, I, I was pulling double duty last night um, because... Uh, I mean, anyone who's listened to more than one episode of this knows we're not going to go uh, a week without discussing WrestleMania. WrestleMania. I, was, <laughs> I had uh, I had the Braves game on the TV, and then I had WrestleMania on my phone, nice. and I was managing to watch both <laughs> of them at the same time, and and both were incredibly entertaining, and 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 really just hard to look away from. Uh, the games were the the games were fantastic. The matches were fantastic. Um, kudos to uh, to WWE for putting on a a fantastic show with fans back, which is really what the entire uh, event is based on. Uh, it was kind of weird last year to see a WrestleMania with no fans in attendance, but yeah, uh, it was it was pretty cool to to see the fans' reactions. Very nice. Yeah, I, I missed WrestleMania as well last night. I'll probably watch it tonight since it's a two-night event this year. I was I was actually at a wedding last evening with my lo- my lovely wife. Uh, one of my cousins on my mother's side of the family got married, and uh, it was quite the surprise to all of us that he was getting married, so we were happy to be there <laughs> last <laughs> night. <laughs> I gotta, I, I've got to imagine that's what everybody said about me when, when I got married. <laughs> like... Uh, 
my cousin love him to death. Uh, he's kind of different. One of the literally one of the smartest people I know, uh, but very different in the way that he thinks and does everything. Um, like I would almost be tempted to call him a genius, but you know he's very eccentric. Uh, but he has found a lovely lady who fits him perfectly and keeps him in line, which I think is what we all look for. Uh, and a spouse, and so, uh, yeah, we got to celebrate their happy day yesterday. Very nice, very yeah. nice, and I gotta say, you threw you you threw up a picture of uh, you and your wife pre-wedding on, on Twitter, and good lord, you are two incredibly attractive people. Oh, well, thank you, sir. Uh, she definitely uh, carries the weight in that department, but <laughs> I clean up, I clean up all right for a white youngin. My dad used to tell me that, and I still don't know exactly what he means by it. I don't in, think it's a good in, thing. In those though. words? Yeah, yeah. You clean up all right for a white youngin. <laughs> okay. Don't, I, I don't Whatever know. Whatever you say, Mr. Matthews. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, without further ado, let's get right into it for the week. How about we do some This Week in Baseball History? Let's do it. Hey, do you or someone you love have a beard that could use a little TLC? Well, we've got some good news for you. We here at the Chatting Average Podcast have hooked up with an ambassador for a brand for just about any man, the Beard Struggle. These guys are celebrating all that is man by providing some of the best products around to get your beard ready for the big leagues. They've got everything from beard oils to balms to combs and tons of other great stuff that is perfect for getting your facial hair looking great. Check them out today at thebeardstruggle.com and use promo code AVERAGE15, that's AVERAGE15, to take 15% off of your first order, compliments of the Chatting Average podcast. All right, we are going to jump into this week in baseball history. As always, you can find these facts at nationalpastime.com, and the week we're going to be looking at is April 12th through the 18th. Our first fact comes to us from April 12th, 1906. At Brooklyn's Washington Park, Boston Bean Eater rookie Johnny Bates becomes the first modern player to homer in his first major league at bat. The 23-year-old outfielder connects off Harry McIntyre in the top of the second inning in the team's 2-0 opening day victory over the, over the Superbas. The, the who's? The Superbas. Brooklyn's, team, Brooklyn's name before they were the Dodgers. Interesting. Yeah. The Superbas. Yep, S-U-P-E-R-B-A-S, superb. Interesting. Yeah, that is an uh, old-timey word. Yes, uh, that's, uh, I think they probably made a good call switching it to Dodgers. The trolley Dodgers. But yeah, how about that? Boston Beanator Johnny Bates, first player in modern history to homer in his very first at-bat. Hey, all right. Yeah, and then what? what is it, 104 years later, Hayward does the same thing in yeah. his first at-bat? Yeah. Like, literally one of my favorite baseball moments ever, as I'm sure a lot of people share that same sentiment. I actually was unaware until uh, until Friday night uh, that that my wife was actually at that game. Really? How about that? Yeah, so I'm, I'm stupid jealous of her for that. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Like, very cool. And then he does the same thing again the very next year in his first right. at bat on opening day, which is just even cooler. Neat stuff. All right, our next fact comes to us from April 14th, 2017. Hank Aaron, who also did the traditional toss for the Braves in the first and last contest at Turner Field, throws the ceremonial first pitch with former longtime team manager Bobby Cox serving as catcher before the inaugural game at SunTrust Park. 
Atlanta's center fielder, Ender Enciarte, records the first out, first hit, first run, and the first home run in the team's 5-2 victory over the Padres at the new ballpark. Ah, the good old days of Ender Enciarte. Man, I, I think that might have been the highest I was ever on Ender's stock was after that first game at SunTrust. Uh, I, I mean, there was a there was a solid year, year and a half where I thought I best thought center Ender, fielder in the game. Yeah, I thought Ender was going to be the 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 future of the franchise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like I leadoff hitter, all star center fielder, defensive wizard, and then I I don't know things just kind of fell apart. Um, I I will say that in in the couple of appearances he's had this year. Um, while he's not what I think we all thought he was going to be when when we traded with the Diamondbacks for him, um, he's he's also not uh, the guy that we're mysteriously putting on the IL and sending down to the Fire Frogs. Yeah, I you know I think a a, a bench role really is where Ender is going to fit best now. Um, uh, late defensive substitution like we saw on Friday night that's that's perfectly fine. Uh, long gone are the days of him being a, a potential trade piece. I mean, pro- 2017 was probably the last time that you could have looked at him as a potential trade option. Yeah. You know, and, and and even at the time, I I think at the time I was even thinking that no, nah, I'd, I'd rather keep Ender. I don't know if I'd like to trade him because you can't trade away the Gold Glow center fielder that he is. And then you know, in hindsight, being what it is, probably should have. But I don't know. It is what it is. Uh, one thing I, I actually wasn't aware of, probably because it was I was I was focused on the person on the mound throwing the ball. I, I didn't know Bobby was the catcher for that uh, that first pitch there. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I I kind of remember that, but I, I think it's just neat that uh, Hank got to throw out the first pitch at Turner Field and the last pitch at Turner Field and then the first pitch at SunTrust, which is really cool. All right, our next fact comes to us from. April 15th, 1959. Cardinal right-hander Bob Gibson makes his Major League debut at L.A. Memorial Coliseum, tossing the final two innings in a 5 to nothing loss to the Dodgers. The 23-year-old rookie becomes the first future Hall of Fame hurler to give up a home run to the first batter he faces in the Major Leagues when third baseman Jim Baxes takes him deep in the seventh inning. Nowhere to go but up from there. Um, and, and that's exactly where he went. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still, uh, in, in my opinion, even though uh, his career might not have been as as long as as some of the other greats, um, I still think for at least a couple of seasons he's the greatest pitcher to to ever do it. Yeah. When 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 they lower the mound because you are too good, um, <laughs> you've you've really done something. Uh, yeah, I I would say so. Um, so speaking of being potentially too good or things that are currently happening, um, you know, doctoring the baseball has been a topic of discussion the past couple of weeks. Ooh. Well, our next fact comes to us from April 16th, 1928. Braves pitcher Charlie Robertson has his glove removed from the game by umpire Charlie Moran after the Brooklyn Robins complain the ball is acting strangely. The Boston Hurler still manages the win 3-2. to 
So he played the rest of the game without his glove. What? (laughs) (laughs) What? So in 1928, if you were believed to have been using a foreign substance while pitching, they would just take your glove from you. That's that's very strange. Um, (laughs) Oh, my God. I wish they'd do that to Trevor Bauer. Like how? How insane would that be to see something like that happen now? Like, I mean, we're not going to kick you out of the game. We are going to take a glove, though. <laughs> I mean, just catching the ball thrown back to you from the catcher would be hilarious. Yeah, no kidding. You're going to have to soft hand it. Catch it like an egg. It's funny. <laughs> Stolen base numbers would go way up. Oh, for sure. For sure. All right. Our last fact comes to us from April 18th, 2008. Tom Glavin of the Braves is put on the disabled list for the first time during his 22-year career. The 42-year-old Southpaw's ailing right hamstring needs more time to heal before he goes after his 304th career win. So 22 years without a DL stint, and... Funny enough, that DL stint opened the door for Charlie Morton to make his debut for the Braves in 2008. So there we go. Coming full circle. All all very connected. Absolutely. That has been this week in baseball history. Do with that useless knowledge what you will. Well, speaking of Charlie Morton, we've got a week's worth of Braves games to talk about. Uh, And this is going to be a fun segment because they've done some winning. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back to review the week for the Atlanta Braves. If you or someone you know has a small business, you need to check out the creators of ChattingAveragePodcast.com, Goat Web Design. These guys have everything you need to get your small business up and running with an awesome online presence. They'll create your mobile and desktop-friendly website quickly and affordably with responsive service, and most importantly, it'll look amazing. Check them out on Twitter, at Goat Web Designs, on Instagram, at Goat Web Design, or on the internet at GoatWebDesigns.com, and tell them the guys from Chatting Average sent you. Well, when we talked to you guys last week, the Braves had yet to win a game. It was uh, it was kind of a somber event. And the first game since then was Tuesday, April 6th with the Nats. Uh, and the trend sadly continued there. Nationals win 6-5, to five, despite a great performance from Ronald Acuna going 2-for-5 with three RBIs and a home run. Also got home runs from Freeman and Swanson in a big first inning uh, against Max Scherzer. Uh, really looked like the Braves were going to be able to take that game, but uh, it ultimately ended with a, uh, a walk-off bloop single from Juan Soto, which is, had kind of been the story of the season for the Braves up until that point, uh, just getting just getting blooped to death uh, with little you know 70-mile-an-hour exit velocity balls that somehow find a hole and get through for hits. Yeah, those, um, those are the worst. Uh so you're gonna call me crazy I, I got to watch a little bit of that game on tuesday that loss felt worse than the three losses in philadelphia oh absolutely just because uh, that well, i don't for, know for for eight for like seven and a half eight innings you like it was the braves game the braves yeah. were winning that game like they got three homers right off the bat from max scherzer which just doesn't really happen right so so you you went through the whole game expecting to win it, which I don't think was really ever the case with with any of the Phillies games. No, no, it, it wasn't. I will say, 
Drew Smiley looked really good, though. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Drew Smiley is a strikeout machine. It's awesome. Apparently so. Yeah. Uh, despite the fact that he ended the game frowny. Yeah. Yeah. There was that. <laughs> Boy, well, I can't, uh, can't wait to see how many times we make that joke this season. Oh, yes. I can't wait. Um, so, anyway... Yeah, the, uh, the, there was supposed to be a game that previous Monday. So we ended up playing a doubleheader on Wednesday. After having started at 0-4, Braves come out and win the first game of the doubleheader 7-6. Ronald Acuna goes 3-4 for four with an RBI and a double. And the bullpen comes in and absolutely shuts things down. Which has been the, the story uh, of the success that the Braves have had this season. We, we all... I think the big questions that we had coming into the season were regarding the bullpen and and the bench and and good lord both of those things look look all world right now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, top. I mean, and, and not that the first three games are necessarily bad. Tuesday was bad. Um, not a, not a good showing from the bullpen, but I, yeah, I mean, th- this is what we expect. Yeah, well, so after the after the track meet that was the first game, uh, keep in mind that both of these games were seven inning games because Rob Manfred doesn't like baseball. Yeah, uh, the the Braves defeat the Nationals two to nothing in the second game of the doubleheader with Pablo Sandoval coming off the bench to hit another pinch hit home run with for the the only two <laughs> RBI of the game. Waskar Ainoa gets the start in what looked to be a bullpen game as it was getting started. But then all he did was go five innings pitched, allowing only two hits, surrendering one walk and striking out five. Man, oh God, he was lights out. He he looked really, really good. I, I I think we might have found the fifth starter in our rotation, potentially. I mean, I, I definitely think he'll stay in there for at least a couple of more starts, but golly, that kid looked good. Yeah, I mean, he, he had a great spring. We had pretty high hopes for him coming into it, but uh, I, I think he even outperformed those. So uh, definitely looking for more of that out of Waskar as the season goes on. Uh, moving on from Wednesday to the to the home opener on Friday, April 9th, as we discussed, Braves defeat the Phillies 8-1. to Ronald Acuna goes 4-for-5 with two RBI and a home run. Freddie Freeman hits a home run. Ihire Adrianza hits a home run. Charlie Morton gets his first win since rejoining the Braves, tossing six innings pitched, allowing four hits, one earned run, one rock, walk, one walk, and striking out seven. Easy for you to say. Blah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, just just another really fun game. Um, exactly what you want out of a home opener, just beating one of your most hated rivals in quite the fashion. So, yeah, good times. Yeah, yeah, and then, uh, then the last game we're looking at for the week was yesterday, Saturday, April 10th. Braves beat the Phillies 5-4. to four. Acuna goes 2-for-4 four with a double. Freeman's 1-for-4 with a three-run home run. And and things are heading in the right direction. The Braves are back at 500 at four and four. Uh, the 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 sins of the first week of the season are all forgiven. Uh, and I don't know. I don't think the Braves see the south side of 500 for a few more years. Yeah, yeah. Um, I you know, I it's so funny that 
two years ago when you started out the season getting swept in Philadelphia like you did, where you never appeared to actually be competitive and the Phillies came in with all this momentum, uh, you know, from all the big signings and everything, the feeling coming out of that weekend was drastically different coming out of last weekend. Um, you know, starting at this season, 0-3, at no point was I even really worried. Like, I felt like this is still our division to lose. Um, you know, the Phillies were just hot. There was a lot of bad luck that first series. Um, 0-4 <laughs> had me a little a little down. I'm not going to say concerned. I'm not going to say worried. But, like, a little, like, okay, guys, you know, you got to find something. Um, sweeping the doubleheader was great and winning that series. Cause believe it or not, that's a series win, even though it might not have felt like it cause it went by so quickly. And then now having the series win against the Phillies going into tonight's game on ESPN, you know, you feel a little bit better that even now sitting at, at 500, even if you lose tonight and you drop one game below 500, well, it's okay because you're still going to be sitting in second place. You still won two series back to back now. You've got that momentum going. I, it, it's fine. It, it's fine. These guys, this is a good team. We're seeing that uh, the bench is showing up in ways that I don't think we could have expected so far. So I, I, I'm not worried. I'm feeling pretty good uh, three series into the season so far. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there there are still things that, that need to turn around. I mean, Marcelo Zuna, Marcelo Zuna needs to start hitting. Um, but we, we fully expect that to come around. He's just had a slow start to the season and that happens. Yeah. Uh, the good news is that there are other bats on the roster that are, are picking up the slack, uh, while we wait for, uh, Marcelo Zuna to get it turned around while we wait for, uh, for Ozzy Albies to really hit his stride. Ronald Acuna Jr. Stop me if you've heard this before is playing like an MVP. He, uh, yeah, <laughs> he is hitting the cover off the ball and just seemingly cannot be stopped. And, and, and while we're on the topic of, of Ronald Acuna Jr., one of my favorite things in all of baseball right now is the interactions between Phillies. Uh, I think he's a second baseman, maybe the shortstop Gene Segura and Ronald Acuna Jr. Um, they, they are having this back and forth where they're like, pushing and shoving and playing with each other. I, I, I do believe it's all in good fun. I oh, yeah. Some, some people speculate online that there's, like, actually going to be a fight between them. I think this is just, like, really good friends, like, having having almost some 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 brotherly play fighting on the field, which is which is a lot of fun to watch and just kind of helps to remind you that, that it is a game and the, these guys are all sort of cut from the same cloth. Yeah, yeah, that, that's how I'm fully taking it, too. Like, th these guys are just having fun out there. Because, you know, Ronald would go to, with the doubles that he hit so far in this series, every time he'd get the second, you know, he'd throw up the mix-it-up signal, and, you know, Gene would slap his hand to make him stop doing it. Like, it, it's just all in good fun, which is what you want to see. I mean, I think, you know, the animosity between the Phillies and the Braves is much more on the fan base than it is necessarily with the team. Are there guys that don't like each other? Sure, I'm certain of that. But, you know, these guys are just out there having good fun, and it, it is a lot of uh, fun to watch. Yeah, absolutely. So, looking ahead for the Braves, we have the big ESPN game tonight featuring Drew Smiley back on the mound for the Braves 
and Matt Moore going for uh, going for the Phillies. So uh, the way the bats have been going uh, and the way Drew Smiley looked in his uh, his last outing, uh, I, I, I got to imagine the uh, the Braves complete the sweep and, and hopefully show the national television audience what what we all already know here in Braves country. Oh, a sweep would be fantastic to go <laughs> to go from, you know, in a week's time, the Phillies having a you know, a pretty good uh, hold on, on the division, you know, to start out this season to then suddenly be tied for first would be fantastic. Absolutely. From there, Miami comes to town. Uh, and on Monday, we've got Max Freed versus Sandy Alcantara, uh, which should be a, a very good matchup. I think uh, Alcantara is, is one of the more uh, slept on starters in Major League Baseball right now. Absolutely. Um, but Miami's having a having a tough stretch to get their season started. They're, uh, they're they didn't come out looking really like I expected them to look when when the season began, especially after their uh, fantastic result at the end of last season. The, yeah, I, I think I think a lot of it it their, their bullpen isn't hasn't been great, but also their offense just isn't clicking so far. Um, but I, I fully expect them to turn it around and, and become more competitive. So I think we'll see. Yeah. Well, going into Tuesday, uh, second game of a four game set with the Marlins. We're looking at Waskar. I taking the mound again behind Max Freed, uh, against Pablo Lopez, another very solid starter for the Mar- Marlins. So that'll be an interesting one to watch. Uh, hopefully, uh, we get the Waskar. I that we saw the last time out. Uh, and and we can stay in that one. I do expect that to be a low-scoring game, so I uh, need a couple of bats to step up in big spots there. Yeah, yeah, that that'll be that'll be fun. I, I would love nothing more than to see him really build off of this last start. Um, you know, do I expect him to be as fully lights out as he was against Washington? No, not necessarily. But you know, just keep the team in the game and eat up some innings out there is really all we need. Um, with the offense beginning to click the way it is, you know, two to three runs allowed isn't insurmountable. So, um, you know, I, I, I expect good things from Enoa here. Absolutely. Uh, for the third game, uh, Wednesday on ESPN Plus at 720, we've got Charlie Morton against Nick Neidert. Neidert? I don't know this guy. Um I, I think this is his second career start coming up. I, th- I believe he's only got one start underneath his belt, and I don't believe it went very well. Let's see here. So uh, in his one major league start, uh, pitched four and a third innings, allowing three hits and one earned run. He walked five against three strikeouts. Uh, that is not something the Braves are going to let him get away with. If you see five Braves walk against the starter on Wednesday, uh, we're going to have a good game. Oh, yes. Yeah, I I fully expect this one to go uh, fairly well. All right. And then to complete the four game set, a 1220 p.m. start against the Miami Marlins. We've got Ian Anderson back on the mound against Trevor Rogers, who has had a fantastic start for the for the Marlins, getting the win in his uh, in his first start of the year. Uh, Yeah, that that'll be that'll be fun. I, I hope to see Ian kind of have a better first inning 
Um, it seems like the start out games, he gets himself into a little bit more trouble, making his uh, pitch count climb up. And then he has, and then effectively that takes him out earlier than we would like to see. I'd really love to see him just go out there and have a clean one, two, three first in and get out of there as quick as possible to really push how far he gets to go into the game. What I'd like to see out of Ian Anderson in the first inning is him have a strike zone that's larger than a piece of printer paper. Yeah, that's true, too. (laughs) That is a very fair point. All right. And then uh, so that ends our our first homestand of the season. From there, the Braves travel up to the the north side of Chicago to take on the Cubs uh, with the first game featuring Drew Smiley against Zach Davies. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of Cubs team we get. Um, the second yeah. game of the set is on Saturday, the 17th. Both of those first two games are 2:20 PM starts, unfortunately for us with Max Fried going up against Trevor Williams, uh, pitcher. I, I, I admit, I don't know a ton about, uh, briefly looking at his stats here. He's had one outing so far this year, uh, getting the, uh, getting the win against the Milwaukee Brewers, throwing six innings pitched, allowing two hits and two earned runs against uh, two walks and six strikeouts. The last game of the uh, of the week will be on ESPN. Uh, yet another Sunday night baseball game for the Braves. Uh, got Waskar Inoa uh, in line to get the start on Sunday night up against a name I'm going to butcher. His name appears to be Adbert Alzole. He's had like one it. out this year against the Brewers throwing five innings, allowing four earned runs, two home runs, two walks, and four strikeouts. Interesting. Okay. That'll be a fun matchup. That 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 looks like a high-scoring game, depending on uh, which Waskar I know shows up. Uh, yeah, I, I, especially depending on how the wind is blowing out of Wrigley that night. Uh, yes. It could be. It, we definitely could be looking at like a 10 to 7 type of situation. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that that does it for our uh, our Braves review. But let's look around the league and see uh, see see what all's happened. Uh, Cam, are you familiar with the name Tim Locastro? Uh, I am now. Uh, You should be. Uh, Anybody who hasn't heard of him, Tim Locastro is uh, is a rookie for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, And the reason you should know his name is because this man is 28 for 28 on stolen bases to start his major league career. That is bananas. Uh, you, like you, <laughs> he's got 28 straight stolen bases with nobody gunning him down. Like the fact that everyone sees it coming at this point and still can't stop him is, is pretty unbelievable. There's not a lot going right for the Diamondbacks these days, but uh, that that certainly appears to be one. Yeah. <sighs> Getting that far, so you know, in, in your career without getting caught stealing, that's pretty wild. So, uh, might have to might have to keep an eye on that that kid because that, that's pretty pretty cool. Absolutely. Uh, and, and how about uh, how about the Cincinnati Reds? Ooh. Can we talk about them for a second? <laughs> and how, like, collectively as a team, they're hitting like seven fifty. Um. One would have to imagine that that they're going to come back down to earth at some point. At some point. Um, but uh, uh, another name that that you're hopefully familiar with at this point uh, that you should 
absolutely get familiar with if if you're not is uh is Jonathan India. Yeah. Good lord, this guy is has come out of the gates hitting the cover off the ball. Uh Nick Castellanos hits a high fly ball to left field and that's going to make it a four nothing ball game. He's hitting really really well as well. <laughs> you just had to throw that in there, didn't you? <laughs> I can't say his name without completing that. Nick Castellanos, though, showing some uh, showing some grit and some passion this week. Oh, I didn't know that he was that type of guy. Like we had the moment where we had the moment where uh, uh, they were playing the Cardinals and the pitcher uh, covers home to 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 try to get Castellanos out at the plate. Pitcher falls down. Castellanos is safe and Castellanos stands over the pitcher and just flexes and screams. It was beautiful. Beautiful. And of course, Yadier Molina being Hey, don't punk, do that. Being the punk that he is comes up behind Castellanos and grabs him by the neck. Uh and of course starts a uh, a benches clearing uh uh kerfuffle there. Um and and Castellanos after the game has has one of the the great baseball quotes of all time. Saying, you know, Yadier Molina could could punch me in the face, and I'd still probably turn around and ask him for an autograph jersey. It's kind of funny. I mean, <laughs> really good stuff. Kind of funny. But yeah, so, cool, uh, cool moment. Uh, another story that uh, that may sound familiar to you guys because it's pretty much been the story of his whole career. Um, Jacob Degrom is the greatest pitcher on the face of planet Earth. Yep. And cannot get a win to save his life. Yeah. It's uh it's 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 comedy at this point. Um he never allows more than like a run. Uh his ERA is is microscopic. Uh he's he's out there throwing 102 mile an hour fastballs in the first inning of games. Hell, his first pitch yesterday was 100 on the dot. It's crazy. It's unbelievable what this man can do. And even more unbelievable that the Mets can't score a run to support this guy. Yeah, it's it it's it really is laughable at this point. Like, it's almost what you expect to happen. That we're, He's going to go out there. approaching like Felix Hernandez territory here. Oh, I think we're there. Like, <laughs> it is terrible it, it really is i mean and and the thing is the mets have the roster to score runs i i, I don't understand why when Degrom takes the mound that they just they they forget what a baseball bat is and how to swing it <laughs> go get them jake yeah <laughs> i don't know i don't get it either uh something else worth noting um i, I mean i i Maybe the Baltimore Orioles are going to win the World Series. Oh, jeez! <laughs> they they came out of the gate hot. Like they they are they are looking good. They uh they have the same record as our Atlanta Braves right now. So I don't know, man. O's World Series or bust. Everybody, just take a quick snapshot of the Yankees sitting in last place in the AL East, though, if you want to. Yeah, remember it fondly. We might yes. not see it for too much longer. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be that way for much longer. But well, um, so this this show releases on uh, on Monday. The following Monday, the Braves go to New York for a two game set. So hopefully, hopefully, 
the Yankees wait until after Atlanta's left town to remember how to play baseball. Da, 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 da. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, last big story from Major League Baseball from this past week that we've got to talk about. San Diego native Joe Musgrove throws the first no-hitter in San Diego Padres history. That's just cool. It was so cool. I mean, like, I I don't know how else to describe that other than, like, that's just such a cool moment. That This is a guy who grew up watching this team in the area and gets to toss the very first no-hitter in franchise history for them. That's just neat. Just really was. And and, I mean, it was a it was an all around, obviously a dominant performance, struck out 10, no walks and no hits. The only thing that cost him the perfect game was was a a glancing hit by pitch on Joey Gallo. Yeah, yeah. Like to be that close to an even more epic uh, accomplishment. Has got to be a little bit frustrating, you know, because most of the time when the guys miss having a perfect game and get the no hitter, it's usually because of a walk, not because of a hit batsman. But even still, just a cool moment all around. And it was one of those situations where as the Braves game was finishing up on Friday night, you know, all of a sudden Twitter started to buzz as the Padres game entered like the sixth or seventh inning. And folks were like, hey, you ought to flip over to the Padres game if, if you're not watching. So that, that, that was really cool. Uh, another cool thing about it uh, is is the guy who caught the game, Victor Caratini. He was uh, kind of a smaller piece of the U Darvish trade, so came from the Cubs. He has now caught the last two no hitters in Major League Baseball. He caught the the Cubs no hitter towards the end of last season and caught Joe Musgrove's no hitter to to start this season. How neat is that? Like for. First person to ever catch consecutive no-hitters for different teams. Very cool. So cool. I mean, just, you know, I don't care who you pull for. Just hearing stuff like that, you know, quick little historical facts like that is just cool. Um, While we're on the topic of of the San Diego Padres, um, Cam, I don't know if you were able to listen to the show last week. Um, Yeah, yeah, I listened. But but our, our friend Sam left us a voicemail. Um, So Sam and his friend Chad uh, both bought Shark Melanson shirts. Yes, Um, thank you very much. So, uh, and called in and requested that in exchange, we say something nice about the San Diego Padres. So uh, Jeff and I got that out of the way this week. uh, But now uh, you're on the spot. Say something nice about the San Diego Padres. Uh, love the stadium. Uh, the warehouse out in, out in the left field corner is such a cool, like addition to that stadium. The fact that when they were building the place, they decided to leave that old manufacturing warehouse up and build the stadium around it and have it accommodate seating now for the stadium is such a unique look. I'm all about, you know, stadiums being as unique as they can to the city that they're in. And that's just such a neat thing. And also love the uniforms. Like, I'm so glad they're back to the brown and gold now. It's not even funny. Absolutely. So, yeah, there you go. There you go. And, hey, if you want to buy a T-shirt, which, by the way, we dropped a plethora of new merchandise the other week in honor of opening day, you can do that at teespring.com slash store slash chatting average podcast. Get your uh, fuck em shirts. Get your... Uh, Damn it, Cam. Oh, what? 
<laughs> That's what it says. It is. But it, it said with a PH, so I'm not cussing. Ah, uh, fair. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's Filipino. It's yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah, that's like yeah, that's 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 a thing. Oh God, Filipino language. But yeah, uh, check out all of our merchandise on there. Uh, buy a shirt, buy a sticker, buy you know a hoodie. If you see something, if you don't see something on there that you're interested in buying, let us know, and we'll see if we can work that out for you. We are working on adding hats to the store. Yeah, uh, got a request from uh, from somebody online there. Uh, so we're we're working on getting those up. We've got some designs submitted, and of course, we'll let you guys know as soon as those are live. Yeah, yeah, very cool. All right, well, that's going to do it for this episode of the Chatting Average Podcast. For Mr. Cam Matthews, my name's Alex. We'll talk to you all next week. Bye! With that, we've reached the end of the show. If you want to connect with the show, you can contact us via text or voicemail at 678-242-9408 or on Twitter at Average Chatting. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a patron at www.patreon.com slash chattingaverage. We'll see you all next week on another brand new episode of the Chatting Average Podcast.